The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info. about to inspire you with the stories of real people. Welcome to A Current Life with your host, Jimmy Gould. In the next hour, you will meet one of the most interesting and successful people in the world. Listen as Jimmy gets their real story of success, both the highs and the lows. We hope that you take with you some of the ideas we will share today and embrace your own journey. Now, here's Jimmy. Welcome to another edition of A Current Life. I'm your host, Jimmy Gould, and I'm very excited and honored to introduce you to my very special guest, Chris Ciccinelli. Chris, welcome to A Current Life. Hey, thanks, Jimmy. I appreciate it. I'm extremely happy to have you as a guest on my show. Um, Chris is the CEO and president of Pure Romance. He's transformed Pure Romance from a business started in a basement to a multi-million dollar leader in the global direct selling industry with thousands of independent consultants worldwide. Um, I really wanted to have Chris on so you can hear his, his inspiring uh, efforts behind Pure Romance and how it evolved from a small mother and son business to a multi-million dollar international force. And for our listeners across 187 countries and throughout the world, uh, the website is www.pureromance.com, www.pureromance.com. Chris, this show is about life's journeys and the ups and the downs that we all experience and overcome to get where each of us is meant to be. So kind of on that note, I'd like to start with your early years and ask, where did you grow up as a child? I grew up in uh, Milford, Ohio, which is a little suburb outside of, uh, of Cincinnati. And as you were growing up, what was, as you look back, what, was some, what were maybe one or two of the toughest moments you experienced in your early years? You know, um, you know, my parents got divorced at a very young age. I was five years old. Um, you know, uh, when my, uh, my mother and father, uh, got divorced, um, you know, it was tough cause I had a little brother. He was, you know, three years of age. So, you know, quickly I became the man of the, the house at a, at a, at an early age. Um, you know, that was one of the big things. And then also overcoming a, uh, you know, I had a learning disability as well. I had dyslexia. So, you know, I had to constantly work on, um, you know, rereading, reading things. So I didn't do real well. Uh, when it came to the academic world uh, when I was in grade school or even in high school. Did you find, uh, you know, people around you at that time who really helped inspire you and get you through some of those tough times? I know my mom died when I was five and on Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve is always a difficult time for me. And, you know, I've uh, experienced a lot of those things in my life and ups and downs, and, and, and especially also with my children. But I've always found, you know, that, that one has to have faith and two, good people around them who believe in them and that can help them through that. Was that the case for you? Yeah. You know, uh, growing up, uh, my, my mother was a definitely, you know, a huge, uh, uh, 
proponent of, of, of giving that support, but also my grandmother, my grandmother was another person that, you know, was always like, listen, you just got to keep picking yourself up by your bootstraps. Life's not going to go, you know, all, uh, your way all, all the time, the way you want it. Um, you know, she said, you know, her big thing was, you know, make lim- lemonade out of lemons. And, yeah. uh, and she was that person that was always supporting, always in my back, uh, pocket. She came to every, you know, every sporting event. She came to every, you know, every school play, um, all of those types of things to show me that support because, you know, my mother was a, uh, you know, she also had to work to, to support the family. So, um, my grandmother and my mother were two, you know, huge, um, role models and, and also that support system that I had growing up as a kid. At that time, what was the job that your mother did every day? So that time my mother was a pediatric assistant. She was working for four pediatricians. Um, you know, and if you, you, you know, that that's kind of a, a, a rugged job, you know, you're going back and forth and working with these doctors, uh, making sure that you know, kids are taken care of, um, and ultimately raising your two kids that were, were at home. So she was a pediatric assistant, you know, making at that time, like $9 an hour, $8 an hour, um, you know, and, and, and working well over 40 hours. Well, it's pretty amazing. I mean, to have come from that and to build the kind of business that you and she have built is pretty remarkable. And if you had to kind of put your hand on one kind of characteristic that runs through your family, through your mom, through you, what would what would you say it is? I would say I would say passion and determination would be the two things. Um, you know, we're pretty passionate people. Uh, it, you could only imagine what our dinner table conversations are like with a bunch of people that are very determined and very passionate about their stance, their viewpoint, their po- politics, religion, whatever it might be. Um, you know, that's the one thing that, uh, that, that, that both of us have uh, shared. Um, both of us, she's a, she's a Leo and I am a, a Taurus. Um, so both of us are, you know, also a little bit maybe stubborn uh, at, at points at, at times as well. But I would say that, you know, one thing that uh, we we do agree on and both believe is the more passionate that you are about people, the passionate you're about business, passion you're about your employees. Um, you know, that that's what we live and breathe every day here. You know, pure romance, and that was what we live and breathe every day growing up as you know as a kid. Did you have? particular aspirations or dreams as a child of something that, you know, what you wanted to do or what you thought you would like to do? You know, when I was growing up, when I was, I was very involved in athletics. Um, I really wanted to be a head football coach. Um, that's really what I wanted to do when I was, a, when I was younger. I, I just wanted to coach. I loved the, I loved the game. I loved that the influence that my coaches, you know, had on me. Um, I love the team environment that you were able to do, the camaraderie around the guys. And so, you know, growing up, that's really was my my aspiration. Even when I went into uh, college, um, I went to Mount Union College, which, you know, they play uh, uh, on Friday, you know, this this week. And they uh, at 730 ESPN, so make sure you check them out. They're going for their 11th title in Division Three. Um, you know, I, going there or, or, or seeing all of that, these things, I wanted to be a football coach. And, uh, and I, I never thought I was going to get into the business world, um, until, you know, kind of my eyes opened and said, wow, um, I'm probably not going to make as much being a uh, high school football coach as I would as maybe doing a business. Don't you feel though, that in a way that's what you're doing anyway? Cause I mean, I know in the businesses that we've started and mm-hmm. one of the big businesses that we got behind and built was Build-A-Bear and, and I kind of look and I know when we met, I noticed one you had a big smile on your face the whole time we were talking, and two, you just seemed like the kind of person who really didn't believe that no was a was a proper answer for much of anything. And and that's kind of how I've lived my life. I've always felt that you got to look out of the box and think out of the box and believe that 
anything is possible and then put hard work behind it. And that's what has impressed me about you and your mom. And that's why I was so excited, you know, to, to have you on the show and, and, and also uh, very honored that you're a sponsor of this show and, and that, that pure romance, you know, I believe in, in what you've built and I, and you've touched people all over the world. So in a way, you know, you're working with independent consultants worldwide. I mean, and the thousands of people and in a way, that involves a lot of passion, involves a lot of direction, and a lot of coaching, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I, I spend more time, uh, you know, coaching and, and, and helping develop and, and coming up with game, game plans. If it's a game plan for a woman that's, you know, a mother of four, she's, you know, somewhere in Saginaw, Michigan, she's, you know, barely able to pay her bills. And we work to, through and, and create a game plan about how she's going to take this business, how she's going to be, uh, how she'll go out there, she'll take care of her finances, she can start paying her bills on time, she can actually start taking care of the, her four kids, get herself out of debt, and ultimately have a, a, an ability to have extra income that she's bringing into into her family. So it's constantly uh, X's and O's, and, and, I, and I believe the one thing that, that we do more than anything or that you know, we really get behind is, is building up somebody's personal Teflon. And that's exactly what a coach does to you because most of the game and most of life and what is in business is very mental. And, uh, and we, we focus a lot on, on that development here. You know, I think you're right. I think that the mental part, first of all, the faith and the belief in yourself is probably what you have instilled as the number one ingredient in, in your consultants and in the people that are your partners. I mean, I assume you refer to them as partners in your business and the, uh, you know, and, and teaching them that anything is possible, you know, if they believe in it. So I, I think you're right. And I think that oftentimes, especially in today's world, People are looking for hope. They're looking for direction. They're looking for new things, and they're looking really for an opportunity. And that's something that this country was founded on, and I think we've lost our way to a degree, especially with kind of the way our government is and the way certain things are. And so do you find right now that there's an opportunity for you to expand your reach with people to give them that hope and give them that direction and that guidance? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, every day there's a, a, a graduating class of women that are looking to, you know, bring an extra streaming income into their family that, you know, the, the economy hasn't got that bet much better. And, you know, you know, things continue to keep rising. And, and, and women, you know, uh, they, they're, they're having a difficult time to get the ballerina shoes, the basketball shoes, the things that they need to, to raise or, or, or have uh, for a family. So, you know, do I see opportunity? I see opportunity every day. And what I love about working with women more than I love anything else is that how determined women are. You know, we're men, we will stick to our, our you know, our um, resume. If I'm a, if I'm a CEO or I'm, I mean, if I'm in finance, I'm in finance. If I am in marketing, I'm in marketing. If you talk to women, women are in survival. They'll take They'll do whatever it is to take care of their families. So they don't stick to the resume. If she was an accountant, you know what? She's going to do whatever she's got to do. She's going to make an, uh, and, and, and do uh, kitchen work to take care of her, her family. So I love being in the, in, the, in the business of working with women because I look at that as the biggest opportunity that we have is that it's, just, it's, a, it's amazing to see the, the passion that these women have about going out and changing other women's lives, but also being able to take care of their families in these tough times that we're, we're facing right now in, in, in the economy. Well, your mom is known as Patty Brisbane, and obviously you and Patty have to have some pretty amazing feelings when you see the success of the people that you're involved with and the stories that they tell and the, you know, the true success stories that, that they experience, because I assume without it, a lot of them would have some you know, pretty difficult times in their life. Oh, my God. The stories are um, you know, amazing. I mean, 
you see this business and you've seen how it transformed over, over the years. Um, you know, with my mom starting this in the basement of our house in 1993, you know, would we ever imagined um, that it would be where it is today? A- absolutely not. But the testimonials of these women that have worked at, you know, Frisch's Big Boy that, you know, was a waitress making, uh, you know, uh, $2 an hour plus tips now making, you know, $600,000 a year. I mean, has a $20 million organization underneath of her. Um, you know, another woman, you know, that uh, has been able to support an entire family, put four kids through private college um, that uh, that was working at Mountain Jacks, which is like a, you know, little uh, Ponderosa restaurant down the road. So, you know, you see these women that are, that are, they've gotten in here and that's what fuels us. That's what inspires us is these, these life-changing events that are happening in all these homes across America that people, you know, have no clue. And that is, you, you said it earlier, we still are selling that American dream that you go out there, you work hard, you put your time in, you go out there, you make your phone calls, you, you, you do what you need to do. You will be successful at this business. And I feel like somehow along the way, there are ones that will put the time in, do what they need to do. And those are the ones that continue to keep rising to the, to the, the, the top of any organization, especially here at Pure Romance. Well, it's truly inspiring what you're doing, and I imagine, uh, in fact, I was going to ask you what a day is like in your life, because I know we've tried to get you and your mom on the show for a long time, and, you know, you go into so many different countries and travel all over the world. What, what's a typical day like for you? Uh, a typical day, I, I travel 220 to 230 days a year. Um, so a typical day would be I'd wake up, uh, uh, work out, um, my first call is at, at seven o'clock. Um, typically, it's either with uh, South Africa or Australia to check in, see how everything was uh, in one of those countries, and then opposite is the next day. First, uh, first couple meetings in the morning. Um, pretty much, I'm meeting with my marketing team, my creative teams, either by telephonically or you know Skype or conferencing system. And then starting in the afternoon, I'm meeting with consultants, you know, top leaders in certain markets. So if I'm in Atlanta today, I'd be meeting with some of my national directors or my senior directors, talking about business planning, talking about kind of what are they looking for for their organizations, some of their plans, upcoming training events that they have. That afternoon, have another subset of, uh, of consultants coming in. Maybe we're talking about finance and co- talking about uh, debt reduction, talking about inventory control. Um, you know, then that evening, you know, I'm, I'm doing a presentation for, you know, 400 women at the, uh, the Grand Hyatt in, in, in Buckhead where we're, you're coming in, it's very rally type where women are looking at the opportunity, women are, you know, looking at the latest and greatest of how to go out, book a party, how to recruit somebody into the business, um, you know, how to, uh, you know, control their inventory, how to pay themselves. Um, and then that night, you're typically, you're done by nine, you're doing a, um, a session probably till uh, 11 with some of your top leaders, maybe you're taking them out for a, a drink or a cocktail or talking about the evening, and then jumping in a plane and, uh, and going to do the next city. Uh, and then, you know, that's kind of a, a day in the life. Um, you know, I tried to make sure before about five o'clock every night, I Skype with the kids uh, because, uh, you know, I have three small uh, little ones at home and, and I want to make sure that, you know, they've kind of got used to dad being a little bit on the road. I think when I'm home too much, they're ready for me to get back on the road again. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the day in life has been, it's, it's been crazy. Um, you know, I, that is, how, that's how fast paced. I've got a great team that supports me constantly, but what we're really doing more than anything 
is, is we're really helping women become entrepreneurs and really helping them own and operate a business, giving them the skill sets that if they stay at Pure Romance, great, we want them to be there forever. But no matter where they go, I want them to be the best if they interview for their next job. They, they know how to take care of, you know, go out there and market their business. They know how to go out there and control finances. They know how to go out there and what inventory control is, how to buy smart, how to sell smart. Um, so we're truly teaching them how to be a business owner because I do believe this. And this is the one thing that my mom has taught me. If you want to change the world, which everybody says they want to change the world, you start with, you start with the, the, the matriarch first. Because if I can get her to start setting goals and I can get her to be fiscally responsible and I can get her to understand, you know, things in, in life that maybe somebody not ta- hasn't taught her, that's going to pass down to the kids. The kids will start setting goals. The kids are going to be more fiscally responsible with their money. The kids are going to see that mom's living right and taking time for herself and, and doing the right things. That's how you start changing the world. And, uh, and I get to do that every day with, you know, uh, over, you know, 100,000 women that, that, that work for us worldwide. Let me ask you. Um couple things. I know in 1983, Patty was inspired by a segment on the Phil Donahue, which featured women working as an in-home direct sales consultant, selling, you know, kind of intimacy aids and empowering others both in and out of the bedroom. Is that how all this came about that, that you know, and she at the time, was she working, you know, in the doctor's office and, and in pediatrics, and that's what happened? She kind of segued into that or as, as a part-time person or tell me the transition that occurred. Yeah. So, so, uh, so mom was watching a show, it was Phil Donahue came on, saw these women talking about um, the different types of products and, 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 and how that they, they were going out and helping people with boredom that maybe had in the relationship and all these things had, had, uh, had come up. So my mom, again, living in, we were living in Milford, Ohio, you know, it was kind of like Mayberry, uh, says, wow, this is kind of interesting, sees this, you know, the segment and she decides that she's going to go and, and order a kit. Now, my mom had no clue about any of these products. I mean, not nothing. This wasn't anything that, you know, uh, she'd even remotely think about. But she saw how confident these women were. But she also saw that these women were doing a, a service, and that was helping people with the relationship, you know. And so what my mom decided to do then is she picked up a kit, uh, called uh, 20 of her friends to come over to, her, uh, to, to our house and and uh, and uh, and Milford kicked you know all the kids and the guys out of the house because there's no women no ch- no men no children in there and had her first party with 40 women and from that point uh, you know in 1983 um, she she did really really well um, in Milford and by ni- by uh, 1984 she was the number one sales rep for it and it was called Fun Parties um, in Milford and Cincinnati Ohio the most conservative city in 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 in, in the states you know was this woman that was going out there and helping people understand how they could spice up the relationship or how they could actually put a little bit of fun back into their bedroom. Because it's often said the hardest job in the world is, 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 is marriage. You know, they give you a piece of paper and they say, good luck, but they don't tell you all the things that, that go along with it. So it, 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 was, uh, it was then she started and became just a spitfire in 1983 to 1984. Well, I, I actually think, and I've done a lot of research on your company, not uh, not only because you're a sponsor, but because to prepare for this show. And again, I'm honored that you were willing to come on. And, and, and again, my thanks to your mom as well. But, you know, I think you've changed not just an industry, but you've changed people's lives, you know, to the core. Because frankly, you know, we've been heading towards, you know, ruination when it comes to marriage and, and towards relationships. I mean, things just don't work. I mean, the world's moving too quickly. People work harder. They 
now have you know both people are normally working in in families and jobs or they have kids at home and I think people have lost their passion back at home and I think one of the things that I've learned about your business and about the way you pursue it is you really are allowing the you're really teaching people about intimacy and not being afraid to experience things that especially in conservative environments people frown upon and they probably have issues with and frankly you know those are probably the people that need it the most but that's a yeah. that's a separate issue and I think I really commend you and Patty because I think you guys have brought to the foreground something that's very important in our society and 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 especially in a conservative environment. So I applaud you for that and I think it's just been exceptional what you've done not just from the standpoint of building a business out of your basement but really tackling things that people never spoke about and never talked about and never admitted to and and I'd like you to kind of address that but I I really am greatly appreciative for what you've done because I think you've helped people's lives greatly. Well, I think I think you're you're seeing and 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 the divorce rate sixty percent are climbing. You're 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 exactly right. Everybody's moving so fast, and there's so many things that are that that are going on. And yes, both both uh, you know people are working. You're saying all the same things. And 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 what what people don't understand is that we people need to make sure that they are communicating. And that's really what pure romance teaches people. When you go to a party, it's like these women get together. Everybody always asks, what happens at a party? Well, they get educated, they get entertained, and they feel like when they leave, they're empowered to do and try new things in the bedroom. And a lot of people are like, wow, is it all about, you know, battery operated products? No, because 60% of our product line is more about uh, uh, lotions and massaging and touching and just you know, the little things that sometimes we forget about, just a simple hug um, gives you games and tips and ideas about how to, you know, maybe just put a little note in somebody's lunchbox, you know, you know, just saying I'm thinking about you. The little things that we, we forget about, that's what we're talking about at our parties. We're talking about that type of information because we want people to understand when communication breaks down in the bedroom, it breaks down in the rest of the, uh, in the, rest of the relationship. And we make sure that people keep that and they tell each other what they want. They tell each other, you know, what they like, where they, you know, what are some other hot buttons? And it just gives them the permission and, and, and power to, to, you know, talk about it openly. You know, my mom always had a statement and we always had, you know, we had people from, you know, thought we were, uh, my mom was going to show up in fishnet stockings and stiletto high <laughs> heels. My mom, I mean, we, we had, you know, growing up as a kid, we had the concerned citizens against uh, pornography or family values coming to our house or coming to the outside of the building, um, and my mom always said, I don't think that they understand what we do. And right. I always laughed and she always had this one thing. And I, and I used to get so angry as a kid. She goes, Chris, let me tell you one thing. You can't fix stupid. You can educate them and you can train them, but you can't fix stupid. And I That's just that always line. stuck with me for, for, our, for years. That is a great, uh, that is a great line. First of all, you know, I do think it even carries over into, if people aren't happy at home, they're going to take that out in the everyday life that they leave, whether it's in business, government, whatever. And I think that, frankly, I've always felt women should be running this country. They certainly <laughs> could not do a worse job than what's going on in front of us right now. And I've yep. been a big fan of that. And And I think the other thing is, I think if people could be open and honest and have integrity in their own lives, then they're bound to treat people better. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, we all have problems and, and we have to focus on solutions, not on the problem. And first, you got to admit that you got a problem and then you got to find a solution for it. So I think you're I think what you've done is you've actually 
brought a whole new kind of, 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 of opportunity to people through this company. And I'm sure there, as, as you commented, or your mom rightly said, you can't te- teach stupid, but or you, you know, you can't, and, and that, stupid, and, yeah. and yeah, in, but in the real world, I mean, once people can get past their initial hangups, which probably have been taught through generations, mm-hmm. they really begin to take a look inside themselves and try to figure out, do I want to be happy? And if I want to be happy, how can I be happy? Mm-hmm. So I think you've done a lot of that. I'm curious, when you were growing up, did you have a hero, a favorite hero? You know, uh, growing up when I, you know, I was thinking about that today, now, you know, not really. I would say my coaches were, you know, just, I'd say more influencers and, and not so much heroes. Um, it was just, I had a, I had a good groups of people around me, uh, you know, helping guide. And, and I think that was important, you know, from youth, youth baseball to youth basketball to all of that. Um, so those are the kind of people that I looked up to. That's why I thought, you know, I want to be in that, that coaching profession and still doing that, you know, that today with my organization. Well, you have, I know you got involved in the business. You have more brothers and sisters who are also involved in the business. How did that all come about? And, and is that a challenging thing to, for everybody to be working, uh, you know, in the family, in the business? Well, I mean, listen, working first in a family business is always uh, is always challenging. I mean, it, it, but it's always fun, too. I mean, you get to spend some time with, with your siblings. And, and, and it was a little weird working for my mom back uh, when I first started, um, you know, uh, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, and I had no desire to move back to Cincinnati, Ohio. And she said, hey, listen, I want you to uh, come back and work for me. I said, mom, there is no way that I'm going to come back and work for you because I'll never get another job anywhere else in the world. Um, Because, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have this black mark on my record because I'm selling battery operated products. And, you know, it's just this is going to be, you know, nobody's going to ever hire me. Um, But her working with her for 13 years, again, you can't fix stupid. She educated me that we were out there doing a lot more than what I in- initially thought that we were doing in the beginning. And through that time frame, my brothers came on. They started working. Um, Nicholas came in. He was, you know, working in operations. Matthew came in working in marketing operations. And and then Lauren, my sister, uh, you know, is is a consultant. So she will, you know, go and do the parties and uh, and and do it. And there is, it's weird because, you know, I am, I'm, I'm the president of the company and CEO, and, and, and sometimes it's a little awkward um, because, you know, getting direction from your older brother, yeah, they, they kind of they don't like that, and they sometimes forget that I am the boss. Uh, but I also got to remember that I got to treat them a little bit differently, too, because sometimes I'm really hard on them because I, you, you expect more from your family. Um, I'd say those are probably my only things that are hard. Our dinner, our dinner conversations are also kind of interesting, especially with our significant others, um, because they're like, "Are we going to talk business again tonight?" So, uh, but but it's been good. Let me ask you. You talked about being a coach, and and we're going to take a break in a, in just a minute. But I want to ask you, how do you call? How do you cultivate the brightest talent that you have? Uh, you know, being their leader, being their coach, uh, and because really, what your company comes down to is. Uh, you know, you have to cultivate the brightest talent, people that believe in themselves and they're willing to take responsibility, you know, as they play their role in this thing. How do you go about cultivating the brightest talent? Very simple. Uh, we have our first thing that we talk about is, a, is the most important thing. We are a consultant first company. And, and what, what I get them to understand the day that they walk in here, the day that they do this is that changing lives 
is not a is not just a slogan that you know that we that we say. We actually do that. I, I see other companies that say you know changing lives, you know doing all this. We actually get to do that. It is a privilege to work at this at this at this company. And why I mean that is we get to help people take control of their financial freedom. We get to help people to help with the re, the relationship, give them ideas, give them ways that they can make their 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 marriage their you know whatever better. Um, it, it's 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 so great that they understand that that there's a woman that's relying on us to answer their phones so she can pay her bills. There's a woman that's relying on us to get her orders so she can service you know dreams of other people. Um, we really put this under uh, in a focus when we get in is that we are working for a hundred thousand women to take care of their families or bring another stream of income. We're not we're not here to compete with each other. We're here to compete with making this world a better place. And and that's how we've been able to develop it. We we work in more of a team environment. We work in, a, in an environment that we have a, a number one goal, and that is to take care of those women because they are taking care of, of families. They're, you know, taking care of, you know, busy schedules. They're taking care of their, you know, their own operations. And that's how we've been able to really cultivate that is get them to understand first and foremost, what are we doing? It's not about just selling a product. It's not just about throwing parties. It's not about recruiting. It's about developing people. And it's about making sure that you have that respect for those people and respect the fact that what they're doing out there is crucial and important. And they get paid on what they go out there and, and, and they bring. They, are, they, they eat what they kill. And that's what we tell them all the time. I'm like, these guys are 100% commission and we need to make sure that we are taking care of them. Because let me tell you something. They depend on us to get their paychecks to to make sure that they have things. You get your paycheck every Friday, and um, and since then, I, that that's just been a really big mantra here at the at this at, at the company, and and everybody from top to bottom embrace it. Well, it's a great business concept because I've always felt you eat what you kill, and that keeps people motivated and and allows them to reach their highest level, especially with the type of coaching. And you're an incredible inspiration. I can hear it in your voice, and. Um, you know, again, I commend you and, and Patty for what you guys have built. Uh, it's kind of time for us to take a commercial break. We're, when we come back, we'll continue talking about Pure Romance and the Patty Brisbane Foundation with our guest, Chris Chickenelli. This is Jimmy Gould. Uh, you're listening to A Current Life brought to you by Pure Romance, Green Mountain Coffee, and Ad Space Ball Network. Please stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info. The stove, the refrigerator, all the pots and pans. The sink? Sure, take the kitchen sink too. Yeah, pretty much everything in the kitchen I could live without if I had to. Except, of course, my Keurig Brewer. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder your Keurig Brewer is the favorite thing in your kitchen. Visit Keurig.com for more info. You're 
You're listening to A Current Life with Jimmy Gould. If you have a question or comment for Jimmy or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you'd like to send an email, the address is acurrentlife at yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Uh, welcome back to A Current Life. This is Jimmy Gould, your host, uh, with my spe- special guest, Chris Ciccinelli. Chris, I was curious about something uh, when we were talking before. You have more than 100,000 consultants across the U.S., Australia, Puerto Rico, and South Africa. How do you determine the countries where you take pure romance to? Well, when uh, when we looked at uh, uh, South Africa and Australia, we, we knew we wanted to start getting into international markets every day. We walk in, and there'll be people that email from all over the world to have pure romance, you know, come in, set up um, distribution, and and take our concept there. Um, we had really kind of kept it on the back burner for so many years because you know it, it was just it's a very cost intensive thing to go set it up um, and and make uh, and, and kind of replica of what we have here. And um, so we decided in 2010 we decided to take our first stab, and we were getting a lot of a lot of uh, feedback from Puerto Rico. Even though Puerto Rico is you know U.S. territory, we decided that we'd open up our first distribution facility, which gave us that uh, that kind of um, uh, getting our feet wet in, in in this international expansion that we were going to be doing in 2011. So we picked that because we we were getting a lot of women that were reaching out to us. We ended up going into Puerto Rico in 2000 and. And ten, and uh, and it's 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 a it's a five million dollar market that does extremely well. We have uh, close to six hundred women that are selling on the island of you know three three million plus, and uh, and and they do such a great job. The, probably the only problem about there is I wish I would have paid more attention in Spanish in high school because all I could say is poquito and you know muy bien and some of the other words. But other than that, uh, I have to have a translator every time I go down there. How we picked South Africa and Australia is we want to make sure because of the language uh, issue that we're having in Puerto Rico, we want to find two English speaking um, uh, places to really kind of uh, open up small costs, small markets. And that's kind of how we went after Australia. Australia was also a great direct selling market. Um, they understood the whole party plan uh, piece. Uh, their economy was really kind of uh, uh, blowing up with the whole mining and oil and gas that was taking place there. So we felt that that was a great location for us to go into. And there was not a lot of language uh, barrier because with this business, as you could tell, it takes the, the personality of Patty to come in and train them and talk to them. And a lot of things that we do are, you, you know, working with them through the day. And a lot of it, it requires, you know, uh, communication back and forth. Same thing with um, South Africa. We saw South Africa, they were starting to have an emerging uh, um, market of middle class, which they hadn't had, you know, uh, prior. So we saw this, this kind of taking off and we were like, listen, we want to we want to go out there. Plus, the women of South Africa, when we went out and did a focus group, were just excited because they, you know, they were so ultra conservative. You got the Afrikaans, you've got, you know, um, uh, the, the blacks that 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 are all, um, you know, just just wanting more information about their bodies. They'd never really received anything in school. And so this was, we just look at, looked at that as like, we were going to do something that's right. We were going to do something that we met, might not ever make money in South Africa, but we got to do this because these women really need the education. And we went in 2011 and we have been gangbusters. It is our fastest growing market in the world. Last year, we grew that market by almost 300%. 
Um, and uh, and so those are how we pick the two those those areas. And and do we see more expansion? Absolutely. Um, we definitely see more expansion in, in the future internationally because you know my mom's vision wasn't just to be in in you know the U.S. It was to be take this and give this opportunity to all women of the world. Of course, you'll have some challenges, I guess, in some countries more so than in others, based just upon the content and, and what you're doing. And again, mm-hmm. those misconceptions, you know, that you'll face. But if you can actually get past that, it would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to that we're gonna have to work hard because there are still, uh, you know, um, a lot of conservative countries out there, and uh, and you know, again, we just got to go through and educate them. Let me ask you, what are some of the challenges that you, in particular, face in running a woman-oriented business? Oh, um, it's kind of weird uh, running a women, women's business. I'm typically the only man in the room, uh, so I feel like I'm definitely um, I am always outnumbered. Um, I feel like they, you know, like I have to listen a lot more because they feel like we, they've given us as men the stigma that we don't listen. And mm-hmm. I probably agree with them because I'm probably when I'm at home, I don't listen to my wife. I probably listen to them a lot more. Um, so I see what they're saying. Um, uh, but no, it, it, running a women's company, especially, uh, it, it was always challenging, um, because one is some of the products, uh, that we do sell. I, I, I can't, um, I don't know how they would work or how they would, you know, the, how they would feel. So again, I, I'm talking to them about the the products and talking to them about their business, but um, it's it's challenging because I don't I don't know how some of them would work or how some of them feel. That would probably be my only big challenge of working with inside the women uh, that we have. How and, and this may be a naive question, but how do the sales of the products break down? Do they all are just sold to women, or are they sold across the board to men and women? You know, I'd say that if you take a look at our business, you would say that. We only do about five percent of of revenue on on the website. So those are outside customers. Those are you know predominantly of that five percent. It's predominantly men that are going mm-hmm. to our website. Right. Uh, if you take a look at the other ninety five percent of our sales, it's it's pretty much all sold to to you know women that are coming to the parties that they're making the purchases for their significant others taking those home. So uh, and again, like I said, you know sixty percent of the items that we sell are you know uh, bath products. They're you know spritzers. They're um, they're gels. They're lubricants. Arousal creams. Those are the types of things that we sell. And the other forty percent would be you know again you know battery operated products. Right. Uh, do you think that the web will be bigger as time goes on, like in a lot of the businesses, or do you think it'll pretty much keep the same way? Oh no, I think the web's going to continue getting bigger. I mean, we're we're, we're right now um, investing a lot of money and technology when it comes to responsive websites, when it comes to, you know, a lot more mobile uh, uh, shopping, buying. Um, the consumer is getting smarter. You know, they're doing a lot more research about these products before they just now go to a party. So we do believe that, you know, ultimately that is going to be, you know, one of our key successes is, is development and, and, and also putting more money into technology. But also it's great because not only do we want to do it on our website, but each one of our consultants um, throughout the, the the world, have their own personal websites that that we help you know keeping their uh, the products up to date. We help keeping everything you know running for them. We process all the orders for them, and what we are doing right now is we're working on more tool sets to allow more customer um, you know loyalty management, more uh, being able to outreach to their consumers to let them know when it's time to reorder products or when there's new flavors that are dropping or new scents or new anything that they might have uh, not known in the past, we're giving them more tool sets here that they can do right from their mobile device. Well, we, we figured out uh, at Build-A-Bear, which I'm on the board of the public company, when we reached our 100 million bears that we had sold. I'm curious, going back to when Patty started, 
how many products, do you have any idea how many actual products you've sold? Oh, God, no. Uh, no. Um, you know, but that would be actually a kind of a, a good uh, a thing for us to do because it would be interesting to take some of our top sellers that we've had for, you know, 20 years and, and see how that they've, you know, performed. Because there's a lot of our products today are staple products that my mom, you know, brought in here in 1993. And they're still to this, this day some of our top stuff, even though we launch, you know, 60 new products a year. Um, our, our top performers are still the ones she launched in 1993. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'd just be curious about it. So l- let me ask you about the term intimacy, which to me is what this is all about and where I think we have the biggest problem in relationships. Um, uh, I, I will probably, it's no secret, I've been married a few times, so I guess I've been accused when the marriage doesn't work out of, of, of having problems with intimacy, but I don't actually view it that way. I think that intimacy is kind of a term that I think is misunderstood. So I'd like you to, since you're quite frankly one of the experts in it, for you to define what intimacy is. Uh, well, you know, it's so interesting. And I think intimacy is, is, is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, each person's, you know, thought process of what intimacy is, is, is uh, it's, it's, it's kind of open to interpretation. And I think that's, that's what is so great about it is because some people could be intimacy could be a conversation. Intimacy mm-hmm. could be a, you know, um, it could be just uh, a hug. Intimacy could be just, you know, simple little notes. Uh, there's so many, you know, things. A lot of people, uh, you know, think intimacy is that it's, it's, it's about having sex or it's about uh, just the, the process. And what they don't understand is that there's just, there's so many levels of intimacy and working with women, over the past 13 years, I've been taught that as a man. That is one thing I wish they would have a class on for us sometimes is that I would say that our thought process of what intimacy is and what their thought process of intimacy are two totally different <laughs> things. And so I have got the foresight to see that over the 13 years. And so I always get with my buddies, you know, and they're always like, you know, uh, you know, they, they start talking about their stuff. I said, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home and I want you to buy the, you know, the, the 10 languages of love that or five languages mm-hmm. of love book. Mm-hmm. And I want you to read this and I want you to understand, you know, it might be the little things you need to do for your wife. Maybe it's, you know, do the dishes, you know, do, you know, put something away. Uh, you know, everybody's got different mentality. And sometimes women look at intimacy. They think we're really hot when we do the dishes or we do laundry. Exactly. Uh, so so <laughs> that's what I tell people all the time. So that's why I say it, intimacy is such a broad, broad uh, spectrum. Well, I was always accused of wanting to be a man that fixed everybody's problems. And I was told that I don't want to be fixed. I just want you to listen. And that was the intimacy issue that people had because, and, and I don't mind talking about it because I think it's healthy. I think that, you know, I'm that type of person. I go into a business deal and, okay, what's the problem? Here's the solution. When in truth, women just really want to be heard. They don't want us to take care of their, I mean, most of the time, take care of the of the problem. And I think men, and a lot of men probably have a problem with that in terms of not knowing how to do it. Because I think listening is one of the most difficult things in the world to learn how to do. Oh. And we want to fix, and, and, and you're exactly right. And it takes everything you have because just to listen <laughs> and let them vent and let them get it out because I think right. They're, you're, they're right. You, they don't want to be fixed. They just want to be heard. That is the best uh, statement I've heard all, all week. Well, thank you. I've, I've paid the price for it. So, um, <laughs> you know, they, uh, by the way, this is going to be the first of a few interviews you and I are going to do because I'd like to make this a regular topic because I think it's so critical, because I think if we could actually get it right, and you're teaching us to get it right, I think that this isn't a company just about women. 
it's a it's a company about all of the components that go into relationship building. And so I hope you'll agree to come back and do part two with me. Absolutely. Okay, well, thank you. Let me ask you, so over as you look forward, how do you think intimacy has changed just since you've been involved with this company and 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 kind of over the decades, how do you think it's changed? You know, I think um, I think before it wasn't as 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 talked about, you know, on TV, on radio, or on anything. I think if you look back, you know, there was uh, if you think about the first time people really started talking about more about their intimate lives or wanting to share uh, about their intimate life is when Sex in the City happened. Um, it was then okay to you know get with your girlfriends, have a couple cosmos, talk about you know your relationship, talk about things that were happening, be a lot more open about what you wanted, about what your you know what 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 made you happy, what you know made you tick. Um, and then you know you see things like you know people that show coming out, and then then companies like Pure Romance that you know really really uh, boomed. And now you have this whole uh, change and dichotomy that's happening with this whole Fifty Shades of Grey right now. I mean, I did not meet or not talk to a woman that if I was traveling or, you know, anywhere that wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, have you have you seen the Fifty Shades of Grey? I said, yes, I had to read all three of them. They're like, why? I said, I had to do my homework. I'm going into rooms full of women that are reading these books and my friends, you know, that live in, you know, from from, you know, affluent to to all all types of women that were, you know, talking about red rooms and talking about, you know, Mr. Gray and everything else that was going on. So. I think people are really, really starting to open up and they're starting to say, you know what, it's okay to talk about my intimate life. It's okay to have these questions. And guess what? It's okay to to actually start talking to my partner about what we want from intimacy between the two of us. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely have seen it go from very quiet to now it's very open and mainstream. And heck, we'll even ask Facebook, you know, meaning our, our personal therapist, I mean, uh, that will ask questions about our intimacy on Facebook. That's how open that we're getting with it. Yeah, it really has become more open and less taboo, <laughs> right? And, oh, yeah. and And I guess that's that leads to this question. Were you ever personally concerned or your mom with how more conservative people would view the nature of your business? Oh, yes. When we first started in here, I was, you know, I was always worried about that, um, you know, I live in Cincinnati and, you know, as do you, you know, I live in in these areas and, and I I do worry about it sometimes. I do, you know, people, when, when we first got into this, uh, you know, thought that they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't want to play with us as kids. They thought they were going to catch something. Um, You know, I remember that, you know, you know, I, my kids go to a great school here and, and uh, and there were some, there were still some parents that, you know, uh, didn't want their kid to have a play date with my kid because of of, of what we do for a living, and uh, and so I still think even as open as as it is, you know, we still face uh, people that are are ultra conservative or or just want to, maybe not ultra conservative, just don't have the knowledge of or understanding of what what we're doing out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully that will change as as time goes on and you continue to educate, which is really. One, that's what you're doing, and and it's great to be able to teach people as you're making money. I mean, what a what a wonderful way to live your life. So you're giving back, yep. and you're doing neat things, and that kind of takes me to a, an important subject I know for you and for your mom, and that's the Patty Brisbane Foundation. In 2006, Patty launched the Patty Brisbane Foundation for Women's Sexual Health, a nonprofit organization focused on continuing education, research, and community programs designed to enhance the quality of information and health services provided to women. 
It serves to empower women with information and tools so women can have appropriate discussions with their partners, their families, and their health care providers. And the website is www.pattybrisbanefoundation.org. I'd like you to tell our audience, you know, what is the Patty Brisbane Foundation and what it does? Um, the Petty Brisbane Foundation is, is, is pretty key to uh, um, um, what my mom's belief is. You know, she was always out there wanting to educate at the parties and uh, wanting to give more women information about their bodies. And what she started to find out is, is she started to, you know, get up in age and, and, and going through, you know, different change and things like that that women had. What she started finding out is some of our doctors um, did not have enough understanding of some of the things that these women were coming to about their sexual health. Doctors are trained to diagnose an issue or problem. When they look at intimacy, they look at that and they think that that's a luxury. So these women were coming in and they were asking questions about, you know, pain disorders that they were having during intercourse. So they were having questions about, um, you know, I, I, I just had breast cancer um, you know, I want to regain my intimacy back to my, with my partner and the doctor would be like, just be lucky you're alive. Well, that's not helping these women. So there was not a lot of answers for these, these, these women that were going through all of these problems with it being pain disorder, if it's being, you know, menopause, if it was women that were, uh, going and dealing with, you know, post, you know, intimacy issues after breast cancer. So my mom really felt that, um, she needed to team up and she needed to do something about this. She wanted to give women an answer. She felt like Chris for years, you know, we've, we've helped women, you know, own and operate their businesses. Um, we've helped couples, you know, that, that are, have uh, relationships and given them advice. Now we got to really work on this, this other group of women that want their intimacy and want to have it. So she started the foundation to go out there and get more research, uh, for, you know, women that were going through and, and, and having questions about, you know, products that they could use that after they were having chemo, that they could use during their intimacy or because women going through, you know, menopausal issues and, and having tightness or dryness, what were the best products for these women to utilize? Um, if it was women that were, you know, giving them research and valid research with people like Indiana University, the NAMS out of, uh, out of Cleveland, um, the National Menopausal Society, um, all of these different groups. So we could take all of this information that we collect at research, customer, uh, our uh, personal data that we had for um, research that we do, and we would take this information and give it to the OBGYNs, the gynecologists, the, uh, all of these doctors so they could actually start learning and seeing things so they could get credit hours and they could get their CMEs and things like that to help them understand that th- these women out there needed more information than they were getting and that's why she started this, and the foundation's been great. Um, we've raised over a million dollars, you know, in, in doing a lot of different funding and research programs with all kinds of different universities and groups all throughout the U- United States. Tell me about the SSS program, Centrality, Sexuality, and Survival. That's a program that was created uh, by Pure Romance. Yeah, that was created because we were having uh, cancer society groups that were, you know, when my mom started the whole foundation, then, you know, we were starting to do with, you know, these research organizations with LBBC, uh, YSC, uh, Susan G. Komen. And, uh, you know, because we started, you know, going to their summits and and, and doing surveys and diaries on them, uh, they were like, listen, you know, uh, we we understand you're trying to find all these products and you're trying to do this. We want to have a party. And my mom was like, whoa, you know, I, I mean, 
you know, how do we, ha- we uh, what do you mean you want to have a party? And so she was like, well, we want to have a party, but our party, we, we need a lot more education. We need to know what's in the products. We need to know how they will affect us. And a lot of these women are different stages of, you know, of, of chemo that right. are, or in breast cancer. So we start the, this, this SSS group to come and have, bring consultants into Cincinnati or bring consultants in and train them uh, with uh, people from LVBC, YSC, young uh, um, Susan G. Komen, and help our consultants have a better understanding of the things that these women were going through and us going through and saying what products um, that we need to get tested that they could start utilizing back in the relationship. Because only when we talked to these women, and and it was so important when the SSS program rolled out, we were doing these events all throughout, you know, these cancer society groups, um, you know, support networks, everything. And they felt good. They were like, I feel like a woman again. I feel like, you know, uh, they just, it would, they were just gleaming because there was somebody that was talking to them, not about their, 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 their problem or not about the, the disease they had. They were talking to them like real women. And they were talking about their intimacy, which was so important. They just wanted to have their significant other, you know, love them again or hug them again or touch them again. And, the, and how they could educate that significant other that, you know what, you're not going to hurt me. I need you. I need that touch against me. I need your, I need that. And so it was really, it was, it's been a great program for us because it's a lot of education on, on how to recapture, regain the intimacy after breast cancer. Well, it's really a part of self-healing. I mean, we yep. really have, the, have so much power ourselves, and, and we need <clears throat> influencers and people around us who are going to support us in that way and not focus on the problem but focus on the solution. And yep. I see that every day. I know I've worked with children all over the world in various capacities for the charities that we're, we're involved with, and, and you know... Too often people point out all the reasons why something can't be done. I always look at it as the cup's half full. So, I mean, I that's just the way I was raised. And I think that's really what your organization, what your foundation is doing. And you're really creating a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration for people who want to get, not that they didn't don't have a problem or they didn't have a problem or they didn't suffer from cancer. You know, I've yeah. lost a lot of people, you know, from that that have been close to me, but how do I go on with my life and how do I feel a part of life and how do I feel the intimacy again? And you know, that kind of stuff. And I think it's just, first of all, it's got to be on the table, number one. And number two, you know, it's got to be able to, to move past it at some point in time. I agree. Let me ask, uh, what do you think is probably the largest negative stereotype about women's sexual health awareness that you're, that is difficult to overcome? I mean, you've dealt with so many things. Is there something that just stands out that you're just, you know, you just pull your hair out thinking about or dealing with, or the women just have such trouble getting past, or no, that your company has problem getting past? No, you know, not really. It's just getting, you know, the only issue that I think we have is not being able to get the information, enough information fast enough. And that's, mm-hmm. um, and that's probably, you know, my, my mom's big push is we want to get it. We want to have more information. We want to give women answers. That's, that's kind of the, I would say the only hurdle that we have is, that, you know, we like to move quicker and, uh, and just sometimes that, uh, you know, it, that doesn't happen as fast as we'd like it to. What about the whole effort that you've done, which I think is so incredible, uh, your initiative on educating college students on the importance of sex, sexual health, and relationship maintenance and, and the naked truth? Oh, that, that was, that, that's a huge uh, piece. Um, you know, a lot of these uh, college students, you know, don't have an understanding about their bodies. They don't have an understanding about what it means to be in a relationship. And what we want to make sure that they understand is there's alternatives out there before you just, you know, jump in bed with somebody else or have multiple partners. You know, you should know your body first. 
and especially talking to both, you know, females first and, 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 and letting them understand. Um, and, and that's just been great. We get asked to do uh, anything, you know, Ohio State, Indiana University, Yale, uh, Harvard. Um, we've spoke at all of these different uh, universities, Ivy League to Big Ten to Pac-12. You know, it, it, we've done all of them. And, and really, it's going in there and educating these level 100 to level 400. It's also dealing with some of the, you know, uh, master students that, you know, are getting ready to go into public health. And it's really a very fun. We almost do it like a party a little bit for them. Um, but we also tell them and teach them about how they got to take responsibility for their body first. And they need to respect themselves before they're going to have somebody else respect them. So it's it, it's it's truly one of our our more fun programs that we do, um, and then we always do something with the sororities where we you know come in there and we do a night with them and educate them and and answer a lot of questions because you know there's at that age you know maybe mom and dad might not have talked to them at, at home or maybe somebody hasn't done it so we feel like it's great because we get to you know really talk to them you know before they you know maybe make some mistakes that uh, um, or, or or just have get more information before they they go down to having a, a, a relationship with somebody. Well, for our listeners, if you want to learn more, you can go to uh, Um we got only a few minutes left, and again, I'm holding you to coming back on the show because there's so much I want to talk about and make this a regular uh, event. Um, I have two things for you. What are you most proud of in your life, uh, other than obviously the wonderful children you have and, and the accomplishments you've had as you look back on your life, uh, number one. And uh, number two, as you look back on your journey, I'd like to ask you what you feel is the real meaning of life or the greater purpose of life. And we have a couple of minutes left. So. You know, I think my probably uh, that my proudest moment is, is, is being able to, uh, you know, other than my three kids and, and being married to an awesome woman, I think that, uh, my biggest accomplishments would be what what I what we get to do every day here at Pure Romance and, and how I get to work with these women. It's it, it's amazing. It's amazing to think that a business started in 1993 and based on our house is you know is surpassed 100 million dollars worldwide. Um, I think that's a huge huge accomplishment. Um, I also think that um, you know uh, you know I see that being one of the biggest things that we've done in in the past 20 years here. You know, as you as you look back on your journey. Uh, which is really what this show is about. Do you feel there's a greater li- greater purpose in your life as something that, you know, yeah. uh, and can you define that? I always ask that question yep. of the of the people that are on the show. It's about paying it forward. And that's the greater, that's that's what I live by every day. It's paying it forward. It's paying it to the next person. It's paying it to the, you know, that that's, that's kind of the mantra that we live by, my family lives by. Um, we've been blessed with so many different things that have happened to us. And, uh, and and paying it forward to the next person is just a big, huge piece of how Pure Romance, how the Chickenelli family, the Brisbane family live. Well, you're a, you've been a wonderful guest. You are an inspiration. You're a friend, and uh, we have to find time to spend more time together. It's been a real pleasure to have you on our show. Uh, I want to thank Chris Chickenelli f- um, uh, for sharing his journey with us and the journey of Pure Romance and that of his mother, Patty Brisbane, and of the great works that they're doing in their foundation and with their company. Um, I want to thank our listeners in over 180 countries who have tuned in. Um, and uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Pure Romance, Green Mountain Coffee, and That Space Ball Network, and ask you to please tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern for our next episode. And until next time, I wish each and every one of you a journey filled with hope inspiration success and to you chris 
Uh, thank you for your friendship, and thank you for spending the time with me, and I look forward to having you back on to talk more about Pure Romance and about your journey in life. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and thank you for your time today. Thank you, Chris. All the best. My best to your family. Take care. Thanks again for joining us for A Current Life on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please tune in to another great program with your host, Jimmy Gould, next Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time. We'll see you next week. When I got my Keurig Brewer, I loved it so much I decided to name it. The right name had to fit my many sides, from the bold, dark roast side to the soft herbal tea side. I landed on Freddy. Yeah, Freddy. It works for me. Who doesn't love their Keurig Brewer? It can brew the perfect cup of coffee, tea, and hot cocoa with just the touch of a button. All without a fuss and so little mess or cleanup. With over 250 varieties to choose from, it's no wonder people actually name their Keurig Brewers. Visit Keurig.com for more info.